When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, welcome. One Bills Live is the show here on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And before we get into everything that we've got on tap for you today, Steve, <clears throat> I, I have a problem, okay? All right, let's hear it. I go back. to the store yesterday, okay? I'm a little low on deodorant, need some new razors Ooh. for my shaver. Yeah, razors. <clears throat> And I'm going in fully expecting the cost of razors to be ridiculous because they are. Yeah. I love how they have them under lock and key also. I guess they're a highly stolen object in most stores. So you got to crank them off of this corkscrew-like rack thing, you know, to have them come out like a vending machine almost. You got to do it in the aisle there. You got to hand crank the thing to get it off the thing to buy it so that you know okay fine you know i get it you're trying to prevent against theft that's totally fine i get my razors four of them 13.99 you know just shoot me through the heart that's number one like just like four little cartridges four, like you snap four razor the cartridges you just snap it 13.99 okay that's bad enough i was expecting that to be bad because it's been for, right for the longest time like forever since I could shave, razors have been ridiculously priced, okay? I go down to the next aisle. I got to get my, you know, deodorant. And I know, you know, deodorant's not cheap by any means. Sometimes I try to find the two-pack value pack. You know, they're strapped together with plastic wrap that, you know, you need a machete to cut through, first of all, just to <laughs> separate the two of them. Right. Um, I get there. There are no... You know, two packs available. So now I'm like, oh, man, now I'm going to pay more for just one. So I'm expecting, you know, all right, this is, you know, Chris, prepare yourself. This is not going to be good. It's going to be like four ninety nine, five yeah. something for one stick of deodorant. Right. It's like it's four or five bucks. So I get there. Six twenty nine. <laughs> Six twenty nine for a stick of deodorant. I mean, I know we're dealing, we're all dealing with inflation here. Supply chain and all that stuff. But just to keep my pits from stinking, <laughs> 629? 
pay, one stick as a of deodorant? As a coworker, let me just encourage you to pay the money. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for six twenty nine, six twenty nine, I better be good for like four days you with one application. A, you can get a six twenty nine. Yeah. That's a lot for a stick of deodorant. And they Steve, the I can like, buy. You know how much milk's yeah. gone up. They got oh, the yeah. we got the egg shortage going on. Mm-hmm. People are black market selling eggs now. They're smuggling them in from Mexico. I would think it's cheaper to buy chickens than well, eggs. Uh, you watch. There's going to be people raising live chickens. On, I watched it on the news this morning. I watched the the news this morning, the national news programs. You know, you got those on in the morning, and they were talking about the egg shortage and how people are literally. Smuggling eggs in over the border. I don't know if that's happening from Canada to here, but it is from Mexico to the Southwest. But here's the best part: they said so. They come up with tips. You know, you know how they always the consumer tips. people, the consumer reporters. They yeah, have yeah, tips yeah. for you know. Here's right. your way around the egg shortage. You know, one of them was they said this may sound ridiculous, but people are buying their own chickens yeah, and, yeah. and putting them out in a coop in the backyard. They can get their own dang eggs. They're fresh. Well, yeah, you're right about that. You're um, right. That's true, though. I mean, it's cheaper to buy a chicken but I'm, but and Steve, feed it. I'm sitting there of course, you in gotta, the deodorant aisle looking about, at this thing going. about eggs. I know what I'm saying. Look, I know we got inflation going on here, but 629, like, they're all the same. All, it's oh, not yeah, like, yeah. It's oh, not here's, like, a, here's yeah. a generic here's brand. Here's a 299 yeah. They're all the same. They're all in cahoots. Like, let's jack it up. Let's go. The deodorant, the deodorant companies are all in cahoots. We're jacking it up 25%. What, are people just going to walk around stinking? No, they're going to buy it because they need it. It's just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. I can get a gallon of milk for like two eighty nine now. Wow. You know? Yeah. Which is a high price for milk, but deodorant's almost three t- double the cost. One stick of deodorant, I could have a gallon of milk. Like I could, I could live longer than I could stay in smelling nice. It's right. crazy, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, we have to go back to like the baking soda days. What are we doing here? <laughs> no I mean, honest to Pete, so- man, come on with that. Things are tough all over, man. What can you say? I left. I left the store. Okay, I left the store with a can of shaving cream. That was three forty nine. Like right. a can of shaving cream, three forty nine. Deodorant six twenty nine. I got my razor blades thirteen ninety nine, and I think I got um, some detergent for laundry because we were low, and I got myself uh, a bag of nachos because you know I haven't I have You're, a problem. He's there. a nacho fiend, folks. And, and and then I got a twelve pack of those flavored seltzers. Right. Okay. That's all I got. It's like that's it. Ninety bucks, right? Forty nine, forty seven, fifty bucks. Yeah. Just so I can stay neatly groomed and smell nice. It's insane. I can't. I don't know. I just. I hit the wall yesterday. I was just like, I don't want to sound like grumpy old man here, and you know, we're all trying to get by. This inflation's out of control. Like this is just nuts. Absolutely nuts. I couldn't get past it. I, I guess, I'm in the car. I had to look at the receipt twice. I said, is that really right? It can't be that much. Go down and itemize it. I can carry everything in two hands. $49. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. 
tuck it all under one. And, that, and I got to tell you right now, you think the deodorant companies are in cahoots. Whoever's making the razors. Oh, dude. I mean, what are they laced with gold? What are we, why are they? Why are yeah. they so much money? I like, don't know. Your deal, like even if you've got one of those five blade disposable jobs, what's the total weight of metal there? Three ounces? Like no, it's a gram. You're talking about gram for the blades? Yeah, it's not even a gram. How are? What is? What is the? Is it so hard to mechanically comes, wedge those little blades into I the guess. plastic well, holder? Yeah, but once you got a what's machine, doing, once you got a machine doing, That's it's just somebody's they got hand in there. Blade factories just cranking these yeah. puppies out. Well, they got us though. They make you, they give you something for right. cheap, and they get you addicted to We're it. They make it as good as it can be, and then they, then they gouge you. We're over a barrel. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's terrible. Those deodorant companies. I'm telling you, they're all that. Now, here's the funny thing. You know, I'm joking. Like these deodorant companies are all colluding yeah. together to jack up the price of deodorant sticks. They on the news report I saw about the the rise in the cost of eggs. They said that uh, Consumer Watchdog Group is accusing the largest, I don't even know what you would call, egg producers in the country of collusion and raising the prices. Because I think some of these companies say, well, hey, people already know inflation is bad. If we just boost it up a little bit more and line our pockets with better profits, nobody's going to notice because they're expecting prices to go up because of how bad inflation is. And I think some people, wouldn't shock me if some people are doing that. Wouldn't shock me. I don't know anything, but that's what they said on the where, news today. Is this where you say this is where you, human beings are awful? <laughs> Every once in a while, we get we get our faith in human beings yeah, right restored. up there with Eli Apple. You know, right? We right we get we get our faith restored in humanity, and then something else comes along and just like no, nah, not so much. Yeah, like everybody's and then you have to pay thirteen response. bucks for four razor blades, and it's like no, not so much. Yeah, it was short-lived. <laughs> short I felt lived. good about humanity, you know, in, in the wake of the DeMar Hamlin cardiac event. It, that's not what you should have to happen to get people to actually right. be kind. And, you know, all of that stuff. It shouldn't take an event like that. It's like Thurman's wife said the other, uh, the other week, I heard her say, you know, uh, she, was, she was on a news station and Patty was saying, well, yeah, the whole, the whole mantra after the horrible Jefferson Avenue shooting was choose love, she goes, I'd like to get to a point where we're not choosing love. Everybody just loves. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. I'd also love the deodorant companies to lower the price of sticks of deodorant. That would be nice, too. Yeah, there you but, go. you know, far be it for me to know how big-time business works. Yeah. In any event, enough about that. I just we I are, had to get that off my chest. Are, I could not believe it. We are but pawns in the game of life, Brownie. Well, I, I mean, I, I was self-aware enough to know that, but my God, it's just, it's out of control. It's out of control. I can't, I can't yeah. deal. Uh, so with that, I will move on. Uh, but I had to get that off my chest. We know that yesterday, Bill's GM, Brandon Bean, uh, addressed the media with his season wrap-up press conference. In today's show, we are going to be passing along some of his, his more notable comments on a on a question and answer session that lasted almost an hour. I'll tell you one thing. The media can never can never question the amount of time that Brandon Bean gives them because <laughs> yeah, I can't was... remember a GM season wrap up press conference that went over 50 minutes. I mean, he really answered every question they posed to him 
Um, I remember too. We were sitting, we were in there, and Brandon was great. He's really patient and all that. But we're sitting there. We've been in there like forty minutes. And you know, these things take ten minutes, fifteen minutes. End of now, season. End of season. Okay. Sometimes a half an half hour. hour. We're in there forty minutes, and he answers a question. And six guys jump in with the next question. They all talk over. Blah, 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 and, and it's like, we're, I mean, they were gaining speed 40 minutes into that thing. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I was like, golly, dudes. I don't even want to know that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. But there, there were a lot of questions to be answered. Some of the more notable ones we will address with you in hour number two of the show. That's when we'll be playing some of his more notable comments. And there were some interesting ones. And... It's also part of what we're asking you today. If you saw it and you digested most of it, we're asking you today, what do you expect this offseason based on GM Brandon Bean's comments on Tuesday? So you can let us know at 803-0550-1888-550-2550, the number to get on board, or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. Steve, we have to go around the NFL which is presented by Collida Health, the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills. And there is news on the coaching front, and it does impact the Bills. Okay, so we begin with the report from NFL Network's Mike Garofolo, who is reporting that the Chargers have requested permission to interview Bills quarterbacks coach Joe Brady for their offensive coordinator position. Brady apparently has multiple requests from multiple teams. We've heard the Jets are interested, although I don't know if the Bills granted a division rival permission. We'll have to see. Um, And we have to find out if Joe Brady's willing to move again. You would think he would for a promotion um, to get back in a coordinator's seat, which is the role he previously held with the Carolina Panthers. Meanwhile, ESPN's Adam Schefter is reporting that Giants backup quarterback Davis Webb formerly a third-string quarterback here in Buffalo, who was offered Buffalo's quarterback coaching job last offseason, has expressed interest in beginning his transition from a player to a coach. And after getting his first NFL start this past season, uh, Webb will consider making the jump to coaching for the right opportunity. So I think, Steve, and this is just me on a hunch, that if if Joe Brady does, in fact, take an offensive coordinator position elsewhere, I could see Davis Webb being one of yeah. the top choices or top interviewees that the Bills would like to interview. Uh, if Joe Brady takes an offensive coordinator post somewhere, couldn't you see that happening? It makes some sense because they switch from the Giants offense, which is the offense that the Giants got from Buffalo, and wouldn't have to switch. Right. So it would be smoother transition. It would be a seamless transition, not only for Webb, but for the offensive staff here in Buffalo, if that was to take place. Right. So we'll just have to wait and see what transpires there. And obviously the first shoe would have to drop before the second shoe can even be considered. But that's kind of something to keep an eye on there. So Brady of interest to the Chargers for their offensive coordinator position. Jets have apparently also expressed some interest. I don't know if a formal request has been made by the Jets. I haven't seen that anywhere. Right. Um, And now Davis Webb is considering a coaching career uh, after spending years in the league as a backup quarterback. The Panthers are conducting second interviews for their vacant head coaching job. Finalists appear to be interim head coach Steve Wilkes, 
Frank Reich, former Colts head coach, and Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. So they're conducting a second round of interviews down there. Frank Reich is one that's going to get one. I believe Steve Wilkes already had his, and Kellen Moore was there yesterday. Um, So we'll have to see what comes of that. The word on the street down in Carolina is that Panthers owner Dave Tepper is interested in getting a veteran head coach in that chair after a younger first-time head coach in Matt Rule did not work out in Carolina. So we'll see what they ultimately decide well, that, upon there. That but. means <clears throat> Reich and Steve Wilkes would have a head up, leg up in the three that we mentioned yeah. because uh, Kellen uh, Moore has not done that. Those other two guys have been. Steve Wilkes was an yeah. interim head coach for a minute, and, of course, Frank was the head coach of the Colts. So, yeah, that seems to disqualify one of their can- top candidates out of the gate. The Colts, meanwhile, interviewed interim head coach Jeff Saturday a second time for their vacant head coaching position. They plan to conduct a second round of interviews with, are you ready for this, Steve? A reported seven candidates. So I think they interviewed 12 in the first round. They're now going to take seven of those 12 and interview them a second time. Broncos defensive coordinator Edgero Evero is one of those candidates. He's supposed to be there for his second interview today or tomorrow. So it doesn't sound like the Colts are going to be landing on a winner for that job for some time if they're going to plow their way through a second round of interviews with seven candidates. My gosh. I mean, I, I, I respect anybody for being thorough, but that's almost exhaustive. Yeah. Because you know how long those interviews take. You're They're, talking three, four hours. I, and I, I read today, and I'm I, sorry, I can't remember who is making this conjecture, but they, his, con, the reporter's conjecture was that this is all window dressing, that, that Jim Ursay is going to hire Jeff Saturday again. Well, apparently, yes. He is the guy that Ursay wants, but some, peop, some higher-ups in the building apparently are convincing him to consider other candidates and he is at least entertaining that. And if there's going to be a second round of interviews with seven people, at least you have to assume he's listening to those other people that are saying, hey, let's give some thought to, you know, candidate B, candidate D, candidate F, and candidate G. So, well, that, I don't think that's ending anytime soon. Yeah, Unless Ursay just tells everybody to shut up and says, I'm hiring Jeff Saturday. That's the only reason it comes to a rapid conclusion. Because seven interviews. I mean, we're talking like another week here. I know. I've I've never been a coach. um, So I've never been put in this position. I've heard about it. And we've talked about it here where, you know, I think there are some guys who disqualify themselves from certain jobs saying, hey, it's not for me. Yeah. I think there's got to be a lot of that going around with this Indianapolis job. Um. I, 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 yeah, I think they're they're casting a wide net, knowing that some of these guys are going to pull out, pull out, yeah, and disqualify themselves. All right, I don't know, maybe, but from the outside looking in, I don't know if I want that job. Well, right, the owner has, you know, meddled. You have no quarterback. You got no quarterback, and you've got an owner that meddles and makes decisions, football decisions based on what he sees from the stands. Right. And that is not 
any place most of the quality coaches want to be. I, I, so I, I think it's interesting. It's going to be really interesting. There's only five openings this year. Usually there's like eight. Yeah. Maybe 25% of the league is, is up. And nobody seems in a hurry to hire somebody, I, which I is kind of curious. I think it has been proven over the last handful of years at least that if you get the right guy, the extra month and a half doesn't mean that much. Um, because most of them come from organizations within the league who have already done all the work that you would have been doing in your place. So they can yeah. bring it with them. At least this, this, this is what we – like, for instance, Brian Dable comes over to the Giants and says, well, this is what we thought over in Buffalo, particularly with Joe Shane, this, and they're doing the same thing. This is what we think these guys are right in the draft yeah. or the free agency or whatever. That's easy to catch up on, I think, when you got – you know, pro personnel, guys you've been playing and coaching against for all your whole career, it doesn't really matter what the logo on the side of your helmet is. Your opinion's the same, you know, and your evaluation's going to be the same. So that's not time that's really, you know, un, unsurm- insurmountable to replace. You've got all that information already. Everybody does. So it's not like you're losing time to the rest of the league hmm. by not being named the head coach for that organization. I just think a lot of people were under the assumption that Sean Payton was going to slide right into a job immediately. But it seems like knowing his contractual rights are still tied to the Saints and that it's probably going to take a first-round pick in compensation to hire him. There's some, there's he, some obstacles some teams there. are balking at that. There's some obstacles. And the speculation is now that the longer that goes, the more likely that Sean Payton's going to sit out another year and you know keep doing analysis on Fox. And after this year, the contractual rights to the Saints runs out. Sure. And in 2024, you could get him as a head coach for nothing. There's no th- compensation. There's three obstacles say. to Sean Payton to me. One is the compensation you got to give up to hire him, yeah. the dra- draft pick. Probably a first-rounder. Two is the money. It's a big number for any head coach. And he's asking for, what is he, 15 to 20? 15 a year, I think. That's like three or four times what most guys are going to get, or at least a first-time guy anyway. Right. And the third one is it has been reported that he doesn't want to have to go to the general manager's office with his hat in his hand Asking for something. he wants control. He wants to say, "Listen, if you want, to, if you're going to be paying me this much money, and you want me to come to your town and transform your franchise, you're giving me the final voice in a lot of things that other head coaches don't get. And some owners are smart enough to say, uh, I don't know, I don't know. So those are the three obstacles: it's the money, it's the draft pick that you got to give up to sign him, and, the, and power. the power that he wants to have as a head coach that perhaps he never had in New Orleans." Um, so it's not just a, like, you think a guy like Jerry Jones is going to give him that? No. So there you have it. And, you know, guys like, and then other franchises, maybe it's the money. Maybe it's the draft pick. But there's, those are the three things that are keeping him from, like, being just rubber stamped yeah. to a job. Speaking of the Saints, co-defensive coordinator Chris Richard in New Orleans is reportedly interviewing for the Dolphins' vacant defensive coordinator post. Josh Boyer fired last week. Seahawks associate head coach Sean Desai and former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio are also scheduled to interview for that job in Miami. Richard used to coach in Seattle. He was an assistant during the Legion of Boom days. 
then I think he rose to the position of defensive coordinator there um, after Dan Quinn left and since then has moved on to other spots, most recently the Saints. Um, I don't know. I, if you're the Bills, I don't think you want Vic Fangio in your division as a defensive well, coordinator, right. Yeah. right? Well, of course not, yeah. That, you don't get to pick that, though. Well, you don't, but... Yeah, that's a you're pulling for one of those other guys, <laughs> I think, to get the this. job. I'll tell you this: if you're Vic Fangio. There's only one thing you're worried about when you go take the Miami job, and that's Josh Allen. Yeah, you're, I mean, I've seen depending on whether or not the Jets get a quarterback this offseason. In 2020, he saw what Josh Allen did to his Denver Bronco defense when he was the head coach for him. Yeah, what that finish 45-17 or something? He absolutely chewed him up and spit him down the drain. Um, and I, I, he's one of the defensive guys. You know, Robert Sala did it when he was a San Francisco defensive coordinator in 2020. And Fangio was the same way. You saw Fangio had – he was like – he was just like sagging on the sideline with his play sheet. Yep. It was like, you know, and it, it wasn't raining, but it looked like it was raining on him, right? So he's just standing there. Charlie just, Brown called. Oh, my gosh. So it was just so hopeless. He was like – he's like, what do you do? He had, you call the perfect defense, and it turns into a 19-yard touchdown run. What – so he knows what it is to face the guest guy and this team. So, but then a two, you got Mac Jones and whoever the, and you don't even know what the jets are going to do yet. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So the coaching carousel continues to spin almost. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. More so at the coordinator, almost as much at the coordinator position at the, as the head coaching position, because there are some coordinator jobs that are available out there, and some guys are going to be making the rounds here over the next week or so. Uh, there was an interesting post that I caught on social media, Steve, from a Colts fan who had a word of advice for Bills fans. Now, Jaded Bills fans that are still upset about last Sunday's loss may not be ready to take this advice, but I'm going to read it anyway, because I, I think it I think it creates a very good perspective for Bills fans going forward. So this is a Colts fan. His name is Paul Porter, and this is what he writes to Bills fans. 
Brighter days are coming. I know that feels empty right now, but I've been in your place. I've been a Colts fan all my life and endured the early Manning years, the almost there years, the if not now, then when years. Our day eventually came, and in that moment, the wait was worth it. Your moment, however, came this year in a different form. You showed the world your soul, and we followed in lockstep, without hesitation. You made us believe in something bigger, and as someone who has put his faith in a team that doesn't seem interested in winning, you gave me a reason to keep loving football. I'm an adopted Bills fan and hope you'll have me back as a member of the Mafia despite my dual citizenship as a Colts fan. That's who you are, the real champions. You just left the season with a different trophy. That trophy was in a suite watching the game last Sunday and flashing a heart sign. I hope you're as proud of this team as the rest of the world is. How about that? That's nice. What a nice job by Paul Porter, Colts fan. I wonder what he pays for razor blades. <laughs> well, let's see. Looking Obviously. at his avatar, he's a bald guy, so he probably uses razors more than I do. So my bet would my bet would be his his maybe, costs are higher than mine. Maybe his world is a he's in a different spot in life. That's for I, sure. I was really taken with the early Manning years comment, though, because let's not forget the Colts went thirteen and three a few times. It was eight years into his career, was it not? Eight? Oh, that he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yes, eight. 98 draft, first pick, one in 06 season, 07 Super Bowl, I want to say, if I have my years right. Eight seasons it took him to get there. And he was good in season two. Yeah. So it took him a while. But I thought that was a good perspective. And the fact that it was coming from a fan of another team, I think gives it even more credence. Yeah, you hear, we heard that. And, and we also obviously felt it here, uh, you know, after the Monday night uh DeMar Hamlin injury, we all felt it and saw it, and it's you know it's nice that some somebody from another another it's always gratifying when a person from another fan base acknowledges it and verbalizes it and articulates it. Uh, it does give you some, it does help heal. I think. Um, I think for a minute, maybe the Bills fans, more so than any other fan base, for those two or three days after that Monday night in Cincinnati. We really didn't care. Right. We really didn't care if they won the game or not. Uh, There was something way more important, and we willingly let ourselves think like that. And the rest of the world went along with us. So, um, having said that, it's nice to have somebody acknowledge that and say they got something out of it. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, and and this season will be remembered for that incident, uh, even as much as it hurts to, you know, lay an egg in the final game of the season at home uh, in a snowstorm and all of that against a really good football team. That's not what we'll remember. I don't think. I think we will remember what happened uh-huh. uh, in Cincinnati, and and you know what we're. That's I think. That's the way it should be, actually. And now, I mean, it's easy enough to say that now, uh, but the you know a Super Bowl victory, okay, yeah, that that would have been better. Uh, but now I'm okay with it, um, and I'll get more okay with it as the days and months pass. Yeah, we have to take a break here because when we come back, our colleague Bills reporter Matty Glab will be joining us. It is a playoff 
Matty Awards to wrap up the season. So this this should be a good one because there's a lot more to choose from than just yes. one single season game. Enders, that's awesome. It's like okay. a season-ending version right. of the Matty Awards. So Matty Clab joins us next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bills Live here on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and our colleague Bills reporter Matty Glab joining us because it is that time for the granddaddy of them all, the season wrap-up of the Maddie Awards presented by Energy Mark, the official energy supplier to the Buffalo Bills. And uh, this is like the this is like the Rose Bowl of the Maddies. You yeah, know what I mean? We're looking back at the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, we're we're putting a putting a bow on the season. I know we're all doing it way earlier than we wanted to. Uh-huh. And I know we're all still feeling a little down and a little bummed, but <laughs> I'm here to hopefully try to make you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Well, and we appreciate it because somebody's got to. Brownie's over I here know, paying last too much shows. for razor blades and deodorant. <laughs> yeah. We're feeling like, I'm, you know. I'm hurting from inflation. That's right. <laughs> Get us started here. What's the, the first one? You're going to start off with the big one? Yeah, we're going to go best game first. Best game? Best game first, and it had to be from one of the games in the beginning of the season. And I think it had to be this because that's when we really saw this team peak. And Brandon Bean talked about it in the press conference yesterday. He Mm -hmm. said, we need to be playing our best football at the end of the season. And we weren't. We, We came out of the gate playing some really good football, but we didn't end the season how we began it. So I looked to the beginning of the season, and I looked to the week six win over the Kansas City Chiefs where the Bills beat the Chiefs 24 to 20. It wasn't your 30 point scoring output that the Bills had in a few games at the end of the season. They averaged 28 points per game in the regular season. But I'm saying this is my favorite game because it's against a team who's going to be in the AFC Championship game this weekend. This is a team who they've they've lost to, but this is also a team that they have beat in the regular season. You want to beat this team in the postseason, but you also want to beat them in the regular season. And it was really good to see them get this win in Week 6, Maybe kind of showing what was what was in in preparation, what what could happen later in the season. We're not playing the Chiefs, unfortunately, this year. But when you look at how the offense kind of rolled in this game, how the defense helped out the offense, it seemed like a win where both sides of the football were helping each other out. Yeah, and it was nice because you think back about that game, how it ended. The defense closed it out with an interception forced yeah, by Terrence Vaughn mm-hmm. by Vaughn and. Matt Milano on the pass rush, forcing Mahomes to pump it once, give Taron a chance to step yeah. in front, get the interception, and ended the game. Von Miller had two Ex- sacks in that game. Yeah, exactly two the way. Yeah, exactly the way the script done. was. Yes, exactly. It's how it should be done, and it was so <laughs> nice to see this in Week Six. I mean, Josh Allen had over 300 passing yards, three touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, 148 a touchdown. Your next wide receiver was Gabe Davis. He also had a touchdown. Dawson Knox had a touchdown. Devin Singletary was the leading rusher. It's just how it should look for this team. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's my favorite yeah, favorite game, the game of the year. Most most replicated the blueprint that no yeah. doubt Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean had in mind for what this team could do against some of the best teams in the conference, and they lived up to it and went into the bye that week five and one. Five they were and all one. feeling good coming home from Kansas we City. Were, and the we loss were. was the Miami like heat game yeah. where they should have. Yeah, the heat game. They should have been six and zero. Bent them up like could've a pretzel and didn't. All right, yeah. so we go from best game 
to best play. To best play. I'm sure this is a lot of our best plays in our mind. Uh, Naheem Hines kick return touchdown against the Patriots. The first one that he had that really just set the scene for that entire game coming off of that Cincinnati Bengals game that never finished because of DeMar Hamlin and this is when we were getting the good news about DeMar Hamlin and and it was all positivity but I think as as this team took the field for the first play that game there was a lot of angst and anxiety I think in that stadium or at least that's kind of what I was feeling as to okay how is this game going to go down this team has been through it this week are they going to be ready to go are the Patriots going to get the best of the Bills? I'm sure Bill Belichick was licking his chops at, at playing a Bills team who hadn't practiced in the entirety that they normally do during the week. And here comes Naheem Hines to return it for a touchdown on the first play of the game to open the game up. It was a moment that many of us will remember for the rest of our lives. There was so much joy, so much happiness in that stadium at that point. And I think it was poetic to, and it, just a collective exhale after that happened. Yeah. And you know, they needed to win that game to lock down the number two seed in mm-hmm. the AFC playoffs. So there was something firmly on the line for them. There was also for the Patriots who were in a win-and-in scenario. Yep. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of trepidation and anxiety going into that game because you really didn't know what kind of team was going to show up for Buffalo on the heels of the Hamlin incident. So, yeah, uh, when, that, when that happened, it was almost like... It was a party. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but I got to say, Maddie, it's the... You could... I can honestly say, because I was looking around, like, after the play in the crowd... You had as many people crying yeah. as you had cheering. Oh, yeah, they yeah. were. I have never seen that before at a football game. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. half of them were jumping up and down and screaming. The other half was were openly weeping uh, over the over that moment. It was. Yeah, it was I've never had a play blow my emotional. mind like that with it. I've said it a bunch of times. <laughs> we that, looked at each other and both I, had I tears in our eyes. I <laughs> couldn't believe it. It absolutely blew my mind when he was running in. Um, yeah, not, one of the all time great moments, and I would say. One of the all-time great moments in franchise history, for sure. One yeah. of the most memorable, touching, important moments. Uh, and, you know, not for the wins and losses, but man, oh man, for the crowd and for the fans and yeah. for the relationship between the two. It was incredible. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, up next is offensive MVP, Maddie. Oh, it's got to be Josh Allen. He was such a big part of the offense this season. The Bills won a lot of games because of Josh Allen. When it wasn't going well for whatever side of the football, Josh Allen would find another level, find another mode to get into. And the fact that he wasn't feeling himself until a couple weeks ago, mechanically, he told us uh, when he spoke to us, the final time for this season, I think says a lot about the type of player and competitor that he is just dealing with that elbow injury through a big part of the season. I mean, he finishes the regular season with 42 total touchdowns, number two in the NFL. Uh, He's the first player in NFL history to have three seasons with at least 30 passing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns. And he also has the most offensive touchdowns in a quarterback's first five years in the NFL. He passed Hall of Famer Dan Marino this season. This guy is unlike so many players in the NFL. He is one of few who can do what he can do, and he's the reason why the Bills won 14 total games this season. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think this next one, uh, the most valuable defensive player at the beginning of the year, you might have been surprised at this. Yep, Matt Milano. I think he is our defensive MVP this season. You, you know, you could have picked Jordan Poyer too. There were there were a mm-hmm. couple defensive players who really helped this defense. Uh, but I'm going Matt Milano because 
of the things that he was able to do within the defense that the Bills run. He is so important. He does so many things that are outside of the box of what a linebacker is. He led the team in tackles for loss and solo tackles. Can't believe he wasn't named to the Pro Bowl. So glad he got some recognition this year for being named an All-Pro. He is one of the reasons why the defense was able to do what they did this season, ranking high in a few statistical categories. Um, What he can do up front, what he can do dropping into coverage, he can just help out that entire defense from front end to back end, and he's so important. He, I mean, he had a lot of good games. The one that sticks out for me the most is the Baltimore game. Mm -hmm. So they're down in that game, 10 points at halftime. It's 20 to 10, and they're threatening to score again. And he just, with some help from a blocker that kind of took out two guys, they're on the goal line, and Milano just dropped him (laughs) for like a three-yard loss on the carry. They didn't get in there. I think Mm -hmm. they had to settle for a field goal. Um, You know, and the Bills end up winning by a field goal. And the the most impressive thing about that game in week four, so, you know, you always got to worry about Lamar Jackson as a runner. And he and Tremaine, with the open field tackles they had on Lamar in that game, Lamar's longest run was 18 yards. Wow. If you're playing against Lamar Jackson, his longest run when he has like 15 carries is 18 <laughs> yards, right. you're doing pretty you're darn good. good. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and it wasn't an easy call. To, you know, Milano had the phenomenal year, and he kind of was who we knew he was. Jordan Poyer, I think heroic, would be more apt for his, his season. El, uh, Hyperextending his elbow, breaking a couple of ribs, taking a bus trip, you know, having to drive to Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, Really, and wore this, you know, huge brace on his arm the entire season. And then had a messed up knee. And, yeah, and then dealing with a knee injury. Still Um, played. Just one thing after another. Very difficult season for Jordan Poyer. uh, But really, they were 13-1 and in games he started. Yeah. And... They, when he wasn't in there early in the season, they, they struggled. Yeah. yeah, They struggled. All right, so from defensive MVP to most improved player. Most improved player. It's a guy who knows Matt Milano really well, Tremaine Edmonds. He kicked it into another gear this season, making a big case for why the Bills should fight hard to keep him on the roster next season. He led the team in total tackles with 102, and coaches acknowledged from Sean McDermott to Leslie Frazier. They acknowledged that he had his best season yet. Leslie Frazier praised him for the leadership role that he took on this season, not being afraid to speak up when it was difficult to do. They could lean on him. They could allow him to lead. Um, Trying to find another person in the draft or in free agency that has his measurables, his athleticism, and his age, you cannot do that. He is one of one for those reasons and For that reason, they should try as hard as they can to get him back on this roster. Now, I know he deserves a lot of money. Don't know if that's going to be possible for the Bills to do, but he helped this team out big time this season and really came into his own. Yeah, I mean, Coach McDermott the other day said he thought it was Tremaine's best season of his career. Um, You know, and I think the other thing that McDermott mentioned too was, you know, here was a guy that also, much like Josh, took another step forward in terms of the leadership uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, So this was a guy that when he got here as a 20-year-old kid, quiet, like you'd be lucky to get three words out of him, mm-hmm. just very humble, quiet, reserved guy. 
now the leader that he is, yeah, you would hate to lose that going forward. We'll just see. They're, <laughs> they're going to have to get really creative with oh, the cap. I know. Right. <sighs> right. Who now, else we got left here? We've got one, best and, comeback story. Best comeback best story. Best comeback story is it's obvious. Damar yeah. Hamlin. Um, when asked about the wear and tear of the season that the Bills went through, Josh Allen said getting Damar Hamlin back was a silver lining in it all. And having Damar back healthy and doing good is the most important thing, I think, when you look at what the team went through this season and, and how it ended. Um, to get him out of the hospital as quickly as he did, to get him off the oxygen that he was on as quickly as that happened, so many strides that he's made in his recovery process. I know there's still... Ways to go, uh, but it's such an inspiring story. I can't wait to see what's in store for him, and it's been so good to see him around the facility the last week. I think my favorite line was Brandon Bean talking about DeMar's charity, saying, well, he's not going to be <laughs> handing out toys at Christmas. He's going to be handing out cars. Yeah, right. <laughs> they raised eight, over $8 million. I think it's up to nine now. Absolutely amazing. Wild. All right, quickly, let's uh, stick these two together. Okay. Most promise. And your trench warrior. Yeah, most promise. It's tough because I think the rookies on this roster do show a lot of promise for what's to come next season based on how they ended this season. But I'm going to say Kyir Elam mm -hmm. um, down the stretch, what he did in the playoffs against Miami. Uh, I think that interception almost had two. The way he was able to guard Tyreek Hill on some of those plays, mm -hmm. I think, says a lot about what he could be for this team. Uh, Dane Jackson was was great on that opposite corner role of Tredavious White as well. And holding it down for most of the season when Trey White was not in the starting lineup, but you draft Kyir Elam in the first round. This is a first rounder. You want to see your first rounder on the field um, because that's the type of draft capital that they spent on him. And it was nice to see him start to show some of that um, aggressiveness in a good way against a team like the Dolphins, against uh, Tyreek Hill, against an amazing receiver like Tyreek Hill. So I think there's some promise for him uh, for what's to come this next season. And then trench warrior Daquan Jones. Uh, it was tough this year for the defensive line with the injuries that they had. And I think the glue guy of it all was Daquan Jones. He was in the lineup the most. And I think we saw why he was so important in this last game. He held it together for the entire group. And there was some drop off when they faced the Bengals. Yeah, this last he wasn't game. playing. He, he wasn't was not playing. in the lineup yeah. for that. He's really an unsung hero for them. I mean, uh, that's a great pick. The trench warrior. Mm -hmm. He was a horse for them on the defensive front and really freed up Ed in one-on-one -on -one situations because he was the guy demanding he was double the double teams. Yeah, yeah. against so. the Bengals. All right, good wrap-up, Maddie. Thanks, I like these awards. That might have been my favorite all year. All right. Nicely done. Uh, those are the Maddie Awards presented by Energy Mark, the official energy supplier to the Buffalo Bills. We will take a break, but get back to your phone calls next here on One Bills Live presented by Kaleida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And we're going to get to Brandon Bean's comments in the second hour of the show. But in the meantime, we take a couple of phone calls here and we lead off with Chris in Brooklyn, who's been waiting patiently. What do you got for us, Chris? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Uh, two, two quick things. One, um, for Bean, I think what I got from his, uh, his interview was, I think Dorsey and... Um, Frazier's jobs are relatively safe, but I think he also recognized that there are some deficiencies in terms of player personnel, and they're going to do whatever they can in the offseason to try to address those issues. And frankly, I'm, I'm confident I'm confident that they will. Um, the other thing I wanted to pick your guys' brains on is it seemed like toward the end of the season, particularly in the Bengals game, that there was a gap between the way teams were preparing for the Bills and the way the Bills were preparing for other teams. 
The Bengals, for example, it seems like they took a look at what the Bills did well and tried to figure out a way to stop it. They looked at what the Bills did poorly, tried to figure out a way to exploit it. And then they looked at what their own weaknesses were, like their offensive line, and tried to figure out ways to, to get around it, like getting the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly. It seemed like what the Bills have been doing, and I could be way off, which is why I want to hear what you guys think, is that their preparation was more about the things that they do well. And the assumption was that the things that we do well are things that we can do well against anybody. And what I didn't really see, especially towards the end of the season, were any sort of opponent-specific game plans, both on offense or defense, or frankly, any real recognition that they did have weaknesses like on the offensive line, and then ways to get around that, like trying to get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands a little bit quicker. Um, so I want to continue to hear what you guys think about that. I'll, I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I mean, I respect the theory, Chris. I yeah. just don't think there's any way for us to know definitively whether Ken Dorsey or Leslie Frazier went into game saying, hey, here's a matchup that we like. Let's exploit that this week with these plays uh, or these play calls. Um, I think we all know that it's a matchup league, and those two men have been in the league long enough to know that exploiting matchups is a good way to help your team win football games. And knowing that Ken Dorsey was here for three of the four years that Brian Dayball was here, I would like to think that he got some of that just by osmosis because Brian Dable was a guy that looked at the matchups first and then built a game plan around exploiting those matchups. Um, I would like to think that Ken Dorsey takes a similar approach, having witnessed the success of that when Dable was here. As for Frazier, I, I, I don't know specifically what his MO is, but I think the mindset's a little bit different on that side of the ball uh, sure, you can attack as a defense, but more often than not, you're just trying to find ways to neutralize what that opponent does best each and every week. I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I don't sure. think we can universally say that's all that they do. They just prepare to do what they do best. I think it's multi-layered, and, and you're not as successful as a coordinator as Frazier has been the last five years unless you are trying to exploit things that you, from a specific opponent in a given week. Certainly teams want to do what they do best. No question about it in, in every game. But knowing what I know and the way it was when I played and what I've heard and been able to harvest from doing the analyst job for CBS for two decades, here's what I know. I know it, it feel and I sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but it really is. I doubt what you're saying is true, even though it feels like it is. I don't think that there's, you know, they, the Bills are going to do what they do no matter what and force them to play against the Bills no matter what. Given what I know about how teams prepare in the NFL, every game is 100% opponent-specific. They've got, now certainly, they do a lot of the same things because they're hard to defend because of the players that are running them, running the plays. So they will run some plays every game or some, some type of the same play every game. But they will even within the play that the, the pass routes may look the same, the protection's different, uh, the cadence is different, the shifts and motions beforehand are different. Um, so everything they do is opponent-specific, even though it feels to us like they may be unimaginative or that they're doing the same thing or they're trying to target the same thing. Every game plan is 100% opponent-specific. It was that way when I played, and it was going to be that way. And, and one of the reasons that – the teams I played for that could get away with doing a lot of the same things was 
the, the way they ran it with pace and tempo, which is also something the Bills use, and also that the fact that they had four Hall of Fame guys on their side of the ball running that offense. Players make the difference. Josh makes a difference. Diggs makes a difference. You know, they got some guys that, ma- that are difference makers no matter who they're playing against. So while I, I get the feeling that the Bills aren't as imaginative as other teams they played, you think about these last the, – the two games before the Bengals game, the Bills turned it over like three times in both those games and still hung 34 points and 35 points on those teams. They've got an enormous engine offensively, an enormous engine, and it was sputtering and scoring 35 points. Yeah, I mean, they never tapped into and I think Naheem Hines. They never tapped <clears throat> into James Cook, and they, to your point, they were still scoring 30-plus. That's, that's, um, that's a testament to um, how good they are, and it's also a testament to the fact that they turn it over. I mean, the turnovers were kind of the thing that didn't let the engine hum. Uh, that's it. So it's old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Not about play call. It's not about anything else. It's about execution, and it's about the decisions your quarterback makes, and it's about whether you can win on the outside. And I'm confident that Ken Dorsey puts in the game plan every week ways to get the ball out of Josh's hands quickly. But he's at the mercy of his decision-maker on the field. And if Josh wants to wait an extra second in the pocket because he wants to hit the big play instead of the check-down play to keep him on schedule. Okay. Yeah, you live with it. You live with it sometimes. But when it's not working. Yeah, or die with it when it's not working, and he still wants to do that. So – I know Dorsey takes the heat sometimes for that, but I will guarantee you, because I watched it on all 22, there are checkdown options on every single play. You're at the mercy of your quarterback making the right decision. And you can flip that right around and go right to Cincinnati. Chris is saying, um, you know, the Bengals put things in the game plan to get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quickly. Joe Burrow is the fastest quarterback in the league, snap to release. It's two and a half seconds on average, 
And there were three plays in that game last week where he got the ball out in under two seconds. So I don't care if you got Von Miller, Richard Dent, Lawrence Taylor on your defensive (laughs) line. If he's getting the ball out in two and a half seconds, most people aren't getting there, even if they come clean. So that's just the quarterback he is. I'm telling you right now, I said it two weeks ago, he incorporated Brady's style of play into his game this season, and he may win a Super Bowl because of it. So that guy's not going anywhere. So you better think of some other things, like using Greg Rousseau's reach and sticking hands up to at least bat some passes down, because that guy's not going to get sacked a lot anymore. He was tired of getting sacked as much as he did his rookie year. He changed his own game to fix it, despite the offensive line additions that that team made. He said, I'm going to fix it myself. I'm going to get so good in this offense, I'm going to know where I'm going with the ball before I have the ball in my hands. And he does. And that's why he is looking unbeatable right now. Yeah, that was a yeah, good call from Chris in Brooklyn. I appreciate it. That was, it was some well-stated well question, and it was really good. I, and, yeah. And, but, yeah, I hope we answered it for you. Break time for us. Brandon Bean's comments, at least the highlights of them, from his press conference yesterday. Coming your way next in hour number two here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.